Welcome back to the Shortsleeve Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Shortsleeve. Join me each week as we embark on a journey to help you achieve your wildest travel dreams. Whether you're a seasoned traveler or new to the adventure, I'll guide you in exploring the world on your terms. No matter your situation or experience, I'll show you how to fill in your life with as much travel as you desire. My goal in telling some of my travel stories is to inspire people to travel independently and to go off the grid. Yes, Miami Beach or all-inclusive resorts is nice and can be really relaxing, but I found that when I return home after a trip, I'm much more deeply relaxed from having experiences like this one in the Amazon. Now today, there are seven different topics that I will dive into, or seven different sections. First, I'll explain all about the Napo Wildlife Center. This is the cultural center that I went to and had an absolutely incredible experience. I'll go over the daily itinerary of what to expect at the Napo Cultural Wildlife Center, explain all of the things that are normal to see in the Amazon and some of the things that are extremely special to see and that are authentic to the Amazon. I'll help you pick which country you might want to visit when traveling to the Amazon. Most people think that the Amazon is only in Brazil, but it actually spans nine South American countries. And the offerings in each country in terms of what you get access to in the Amazon is very different. I'll talk about the activities and experiences that are also exclusive to the Amazon, so what you can't do anywhere else except here. I'll go over what to pack, what not to pack, explaining the mistakes that I made. And last but not least, I'll talk about Kamba. This is well known as the last place on earth, and this is the African rainforest, which is most similar to the Amazon rainforest. Now let's dive into my experience in the Amazon. So I traveled for 10 days into the Amazon all alone. And let me tell you, this is one of the most rough and rugged experiences I've ever had. I stayed at the Napo Cultural Wildlife Center. This is an eco-lodge that can be found on the banks of the Napo River. It is owned and operated by indigenous Quechua people, which makes it extremely special and rare compared to the other places that you can travel to in the Amazon. Of course, there are luxury places that you can go to in the Amazon, but I chose to go to this place specifically because it was run by indigenous people, which would give me a deeper and closer look at the authentic experiences in the Amazon. Napo is extremely focused on sustainable tourism, and they teach all of their visitors a lot about protecting the rainforest and how to support the community because Napo is run entirely by the local community. It's actually all run by women. I think the best way to travel to the Amazon is to do a few days at Napo and then go right across the river to one of the more luxury spots to spend a few days there, relaxing before going home. The daily itinerary at Napo. Breakfast is at 4.30 a.m. every single day. You eat all meals with your guide and your entire group. And so if you're traveling alone to Napo, which many people do, you'll be paired up with a group and a guide. And so it's kind of one of the best places to go to if you're traveling on your own because you're inherently going to be with other people and have a group that you can build a connection with. I loved having every meal with my guide because we were able to learn so much about his childhood growing up at Napo and the cultural rituals that they grew up with. After breakfast, everyone goes and puts on their welly boots. Now these are the rain boots that are very lightweight and they give everyone at the beginning of your stay at Napo. These were actually the only shoes I wore the entire time I was in the Amazon, so you definitely can pack pretty light, but I'll get into that later. Every morning, we head into the rainforest for a three-hour sunrise hike. After that, you head back to Napo for a fresh juice and cold towels. I would then work remotely from 11.30 to about 6 p.m., and I actually would work through the weekends too. So when I'm traveling, I am working full-time, 
but just doing it on a bit of a different schedule. They offer many different activities every single day, from guided kayaking up and down the river, various hikes. There are hammocks right on property that you can lay in and take a nap or enjoy a book with. You can play soccer at the school, which is located right next to Napo. There's an option to cook with the women at the cultural center and learn how to make authentic dishes. There are many options for activities, but you also could just relax and do your own thing or work remotely like I was doing. At the end of the day, again, we would have dinner with our guide and with our entire group, and then we would head into the rainforest for our night trek, where we would trek into the rainforest for another three hours. It's a little bit light before we enter into the rainforest, but but as we go deeper and we walk for 30 minutes into the heart of the jungle, it becomes pitch black. This entire walk is done on a small plank of wood. Walking on a small plank of wood for about two miles becomes extremely tiring because you have to be so careful about where you're placing your foot every single time you take a step. If your foot veers off to the left or right even half an inch, you'll step into a deep, dark puddle where there are tarantulas, water snakes, some of the most deadly insects in the entire world, and who knows what else could be out there. After we walk for 30 minutes, we reach a point where we are going to turn off our headlamps. Our instructor asks all of us to turn off our headlamps one by one as the darkness consumes us. I reach up and reluctantly I switch off my headlamp. As soon as the light goes off, the darkness is startling. You can't even see a single thing. As I turn my head up and start to peer toward the top of the canopy, I can start to notice my eyes adjusting and a bit of light comes in. I noticed how hyper-focused I was on my eyes before turning off my headlamp, and now once I've turned it off, I know I have to rely on my other senses. One inch away from me could be a huge tarantula at this exact moment, and I know that there are spiders all around me because just a moment ago, I could look to my right or my left and see something deadly just two feet away from me. Each night when we would do these night treks, we would stand for 10 minutes without moving. I expect this to be the longest 10 minutes of my life, but somehow it only felt like two minutes. I don't think I've ever been more present than I was during these 10 minutes. You physically can't be more present in any other setting than you are in this one because you're so close to danger. We stand there extremely silent for the 10 minutes. And what I notice is that the jungle and the rainforest around us begins to come to life. Even 30 seconds after we switch off our headlamps, I notice the forest becoming louder and louder. It feels as though all of the animals and insects and cicadas are getting closer to me. We become acutely aware of what is most close to us, but also the more intense, heavy sounds that seem not so far off. Our guide told us that there could be a jaguar or a panther even just five feet away from us. And while we trek into the rainforest and we see so much, what we don't realize is that so much of the rainforest is seeing us. Overhead, I hear branches snapping, and it sounds like huge animals are jumping through the trees, swinging through the canopy. As I look up, I can see the outline of what must be 30 different red howler monkeys, and it feels as though they're laughing and cackling at us down below. It feels as though the entire rainforest is taunting you, and I think the most scary part is as we let our eyes adjust, we start to notice different specks of light all around us coming from the insects and some of the eyes of the animals we didn't see before. So while I was staying at Napo, 
my bungalow was actually connected to another bungalow and I was excited to see who would show up and be in the bungalow next to me. I was hoping maybe there's another young girl who was traveling on her own, but I got even more lucky than that. Staying in the lodge next to me were three scientists from Beijing. They authored a few books about the most deadly insects in the entire world, and they were here in the Amazon to try to collect some of the most new and rare deadly species. They even had the licenses and approval to take some of the, these insects from the rainforest all the way back to China. I only learned this information after my first night staying at Napo. I was horrified in the morning to wake up and realize that they had been bringing all these insects back to their room, and of course I was the one sharing a wall with them. Now, I really don't like spiders, so this was extremely unsettling for me and made the challenge of being in the Amazon that much more difficult. To make matters worse, they even had a light that they put outside of their bungalow to attract insects during the night, and they set up a camera so they could get a live feed of all of the bugs right outside the tent. I could not believe that I had gone to the Amazon alone to conquer a bit of my fear of insects, and, and I got so unlucky that all of these insects were basically coming into my tent. I thought I could just go to the Amazon and keep the bugs outside, but apparently there was another plan in place for me. Some of the coolest things that I saw when I was in the Amazon are... Number one being quicksand. I had never seen that before. It was always something I'd seen videos on or heard about, an interesting phenomenon, but not seen myself. And to actually walk on quicksand and to kind of get sucked into a little bit a little bit was pretty wild and something I can cross off my bucket list and hope not to do again, but it was very cool. And luckily, because I had my guide, we were able to see the quicksand and experience the quicksand in a safe way. That's another value of going to Napo because your guide grew up in the Amazon and isn't afraid of these types of things, whereas I've heard from the other lodges that are much fancier in the Amazon, they're led by people who aren't necessarily from the Amazon and they don't know how to safely handle things like this. All around Napo, there are a bunch of things called salt licks. Now, a salt lick is where many exotic birds travel to in order to lick salt and water off of the rocks. This helps them to neutralize their stomachs. And, of course, it's the perfect place to go if you want to sit and view the most exotic and beautiful birds in the Amazon. We went to two different salt licks. The first one we arrived at by boat, and we were about 50 feet away from these birds when they would fly in to lick up the salt. The second place that we went to, we got there by walking into the rainforest. We hiked to it, and here we were only 10 feet away from massive macaw. And as we were sitting there, we saw eight different beautiful red and blue macaws swoop down and lick up all of the salt. It's such a short window of time that the birds come to do this. They follow a very tight schedule each day and so it's around 11:15 a.m. that we would see the macaws performing like this. Something else that you'll see are giant otters when you're kayaking. So picture little baby otters floating on their backs holding hands. Well, these ones are giant. They get up to six feet long and they are huge. They're also very friendly. So when you're kayaking, they'll come right up next to you. And we got to see some giant otters fishing and actually they all caught a fish and shared it together on the riverbank while we were there. The fourth thing we did was we went anaconda hunting. We found the 30-foot anaconda bed, which was extremely unsettling. Picture an area of grass the size of a king-size bed that's been completely flattened down, and you come to find out that it's been flattened because that's where the 30-foot anaconda sleeps every single night. 
The best time to go to the Amazon if you want to see anacondas is November. And if you'd rather not see a bunch of anacondas, you could go any other time that's not October, November, and December. Napo has all of these platforms deep in the jungle that you do different hikes to. And then once you get there, you're able to climb up to the very top and overlook the entire rainforest. They have many binocular setups at the top of these platforms. And it's the perfect place to see toucans flying from tree to tree. And oftentimes you can see monkeys up there too. So the Amazon spans nine South American countries, but there are four countries that I think are the best when it comes to visiting the Amazon. And they're actually all very different from each other. So there are pros and cons to visiting each place, and there are nuances to each country as well. The four best countries, in my opinion, are Brazil, Ecuador, Peru, and Colombia. And I'll go into a little bit of the pros and cons for each place. The Amazon rainforest in Brazil has a very diverse ecosystem. There's also much more infrastructure for tourism in Brazil, making it a lot easier for tourists to visit. There are major cities that are very close to the Amazon that can be used as jumping off points. And so if you're hoping to just travel for a few days into the Amazon and see a lot of different wildlife and plants, Brazil is going to be an easier place to do that from. Now the cons are that in Brazil, there's massive deforestation of the Amazon. A lot of the Amazon has been burned there. And there can also be large crowds because the cities are so close to the Amazon and it is the most popular country to visit the Amazon from. Second is Ecuador, where I went. In Ecuador, you can expect to find smaller crowds. You can also find much more unique wildlife encounters. For example, the Pink River dolphin is most often found in Ecuador. Tourism is much more well-regulated in Ecuador, and it's much more sustainable, similar to the Napo Cultural Wildlife Center. You can find more intimate experiences in Ecuador when going to the Amazon than compared with Brazil, for example, where there are going to be larger crowds, but it's more iconically the Amazon. A reason not to go to Ecuador is also that there's limited infrastructure around the Amazon there. Third is Peru. Peru is that you can also head to Machu Picchu. So you could do a few days at Machu Picchu and a few days in the Amazon, splitting up your trip that way. The flora and fauna in Peru is very diverse, and so are the cultural experiences that you're able to have when visiting the Amazon from that country. A con, however, is that there's limited access to the Amazon in Peru because there are only small areas of the Amazon there. It's going to be a very remote experience when you travel to the Amazon in Peru, and there are unfortunately some insect-borne illnesses that are prevalent in Peru that you don't find in other countries. Last but not least, number four is Colombia. Colombia has been emerging as a more sustainable, biodiverse place to visit the Amazon, and they have some very unique traditions there as well. Now, a con is that there are some safety concerns because of historical conflicts and the remoteness of Colombia, but those, of course, have been mitigated with some of the nice resorts that have gone in to the Amazon in Colombia. Now, depending on what kind of experience you're looking for, I might suggest one or two of these different countries for visiting the Amazon. If you're traveling to the Amazon for your honeymoon, there are two places that I might suggest. First being Iquitos, Peru. That's I-Q-U-I-T-O-S. Now, this is the Peruvian Amazon, and here you'll find luxurious eco-villages with very romantic settings. Candlelit dinners by the water, they have spa treatments, and it's a very remote experience. The second option would be Anavilhanas Archipelago in Brazil. Here you'll find some upscale lodges where couples can have very intimate experiences dining in the rainforest. It's an extremely serene atmosphere, and 
At this resort, they provide boat tours where you can go explore the Ana Viljana's Islands. Here you can expect to be surrounded by other couples that are also on their honeymoon, and it's not the most kid-friendly experience. If you're going on a solo trip to the Amazon, I can't recommend enough coca. That's C-O-C-A. Coca is extremely common for solo travelers to visit the Amazon because there are many large tour groups that these solo travelers can be a part of and join into. The second place that's great for solo travelers, very similar to Coca, is a place called Leticia, L-E-T-I-C-I-A, for the same reasons. And finally, if you're going on a family trip with kids, I can't recommend enough Puerto Maldonado, Peru. These have many family-friendly lodges that are perfect for bringing the kids. There are educational activities that are very suitable for kids, and they even have an on-site daycare. So if the parents want to go off for a little while and do their own more intense hike into nature, or if they want to have a private dinner for two, they're able to bring their children here. The guided nature walks here in Peru are also much more geared towards families. And when I was planning my trip to the Amazon, I was curious, what are some of the animals and plants and things that I would see that are exclusive to the Amazon? So I wanted to make sure I would see those while I'm there. Number one, and the most exciting to see in my opinion, is the pink river dolphin. These are the most rare and enchanting form of dolphins and something that people travel from all over the world to go see. Second, there's this thing called the meeting of the waters. This is where the dark waters of Rio Negro and the light waters of the Samoas River converge, but they don't mix. I have a feeling this is a phenomenon that you've seen on online before. Maybe you've seen a photo of it, but to see it actually in person yourself, it's a true wonder. Oh, some people do travel to the Amazon for ayahuasca ceremonies. This is something you can do in many South American countries and something that you're able to do in New York City now even but it is something that people go to the Amazon for as well. Another activity people travel to the Amazon for is piranha fishing. Now, piranhas are some insanely deadly fish that like to, that are carnivores. And I went fishing for piranhas when I was in the Amazon and we even caught a few. They have these big teeth and they're pretty gross in my opinion. You can also walk on some canopy bridges, which bring you through the treetops, something that is pretty special. And then there are many butterfly farms that you can visit and observe different stages of butterfly development and learn about the critical role that the butterfly plays in the overall ecosystem. It's pretty wild to think about how such a beautiful, delicate creature is so vital to the entire rainforest. Now, when I was at Napo, there are three things that I did that I absolutely loved. The first was a jungle survival skills workshop. Here we learned from our guide and a few other guides on property about the essential survival techniques on how to find food, build shelters, and navigate through the rainforest. Simple things like how to mark your pathway along the way were things that we were able to learn. And so if for some reason during this week, if I got separated from the group, I would know how to survive at least for a little while on my own. And the skills and the, the little tips and tricks that you learn are transferable, of course, and it's empowering to learn how to keep myself safe in the Amazon because then it translates to keeping myself safe when I'm back in the United States. I don't have to worry about being jumped by a jaguar in New York City, but there are some other things you have to be worried about. The second thing that we got to do was, was visit a floating village and where we got to interact with indigenous communities. 
There's this one community where they had to adapt their life to the seasonal fluctuations of the river because they were so dependent on the river, and they ended up creating this floating village. There, we were able to try some of the local Amazon, Amazonian cuisine, some very exotic fruits that I can't even recognize or repeat again now. But what's so interesting is a few of the fruits actually become very similar and mimic animals. There's this one fruit that has scales like a snake. And the last thing that I loved doing was actually just bird watching. Now, this is something I thought was only for 70-year-olds and something I would not get into in my 20s, but there are so many rare and beautiful birds in the Amazon and hearing the way that the guides are so passionate about these birds and know so much about them. Okay, now what to pack when you're traveling to the Amazon? First, you're going to need some lightweight and breathable clothing. You're going to want this to be moisture wicking clothing because it's extremely humid in the Amazon and you need it to be lightweight, otherwise you'll overheat. I thought because of the high temperatures in the Amazon that I would want to wear short sleeves and short pants, but actually you need long sleeve shirts and pants at all times. And so they have to be very lightweight. You're going to want to bring sturdy walking shoes or boots. At Napo, they provided me with wellies, rain boots that were perfect. And those were the shoes I wore the entire week to every single breakfast, lunch, dinner, and every activity. Don't forget insect repellent with DEET. That's D-E-E-T. DEET helps protect you from mosquitoes, but other biting insects as well, which of course there are many of in the Amazon. Next, you'll want to bring some protection. That's going to be a wide brim hat to keep the sun off of you because when the sun is beating down overhead in the Amazon, it is intense. Don't forget sunglasses. You'll want sunscreen with a very high SPF as well. I always go for SPF 50. You'll want to bring some rain gear, a waterproof jacket, and a small travel size umbrella should do the trick. Bring with you a camera and binoculars. Everyone wants to have their own pair of binoculars and you'll be using it constantly, so make sure you have a good pair. A portable water bottle with a filter would be nice to have as well. I didn't have a filter honestly with me, but I could see the value. You'll need a small day pack or a backpack. A basic first aid kit with pain relievers and anti-diarrheal medicine. It's very common for people to get stomach bugs when they're traveling in the rainforest, and so make sure you come prepared with this. Last but not least, you'll want to bring a flashlight or a headlamp. Well, I think a headlamp and a flashlight is very crucial, but if you want to be included on these night hikes, you need to have your own headlamp. And you have to make sure you're packed and prepared with everything in advance because once you leave because once you leave Quito and you're in Coca or you're in Napo, there is not a store, there is not a Walmart to go pick one of these up. So you want to be prepared and make sure that your batteries are charged up and you're ready to go. Five things I would not pack for the Amazon. Number one, heavy and bulky items. Number two, multiple pairs of shoes. Because one pair of sturdy walking shoes or boots is going to be plenty. Like I said, I wore one pair of boots the entire week. And I'm someone who loves to change outfits all the time. Do not bring any fancy clothing and jewelry for obvious reasons, but also you just don't need that unwanted attention when you're traveling into an area that doesn't have a lot of money. Fourth, don't bring too many gadgets. Charging things can be hard in the Amazon and the outlets are sensitive. Five, plastic bags and single-use items. It's important to respect the environment. The ecosystem is extremely fragile there and so we would not leave anything behind that we brought with us. Now, I had an incredible time in the Amazon, and while I can't wait to go back, I also want to continue exploring new parts of the world. And so the next part of the world that I've learned about that is most similar to the Amazon is something called the Congolian Rainforest. This is in Central Africa, 
And it's less than half of the size of the Amazon, but it's actually the rainforest that's next closest to the Amazon rainforest. There are a bunch of animals not found in any other parts of the world that you can find in the Congolian rainforest. Um, it's an ancient rainforest, largely undiscovered for 60 million years, because it's too remote. People can't travel to each edge and corner of this rainforest, and so there's so much left to explore. I really want to go to this one hotel and resort called Kamba. That's K-A-M-B-A. Now, their groups are 12 people maximum. It's perfect for solo travelers, for honeymoons, and it's good for families, but it's best for honeymoons and for solo travelers. Now, they focus on conservation and local community development, which is very similar to Napo and why I'm so interested in going. They focus on empowering local communities and developing sustainable tourism, and their most common activity there that's special to the Congolian rainforest is gorilla tracking. This is where you track on foot some of the gorillas which is something I have been dying to do and is a major bucket list item for me. The two animals that you find here that are pretty rare and cool to see are going to be African gray birds and elephants, but that will be a story for another time. Thank you for listening and thank you for hanging out with me. I really appreciate all of you who do come listen, and if you enjoyed this, you can subscribe to the Short Sleeve Travel Podcast. New episodes coming out each week. You can also follow me on Instagram at catshortsleeve, that's K-A-T, if you want to see what I'm up to. You can also follow me on TikTok or Facebook or YouTube, Snapchat, all at catshortsleeve. What are we going to talk about next week? I can't wait. Thank you. Talk to you soon.